Rose. I am David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What, up, what is it that we, we the do? What they want. Jalen Rose, we have some terrible news in the National Basketball Association. Number two pick in the draft. One of the most intriguing prospects that we have seen in years. Chet Holmgren will not be playing this entire season. He suffered an injury to his foot while on this play guarding LeBron James in Seattle. The implications are terrible. We wish him the best in a speedy recovery. But, Mr. Rose, what do you think of this development? Wow, this is, um, first and foremost, I wish the young man who's extremely talented, who I got a chance to meet, I actually watched him play at that same summer league. And you know how much I love Jamal Crawford. And... There, there are a lot of thoughts I have about this, Jacoby. One, an extremely talented prospect. When you take him that high in the draft, you want to see him develop. And so there will be people, and this is coming from a former player who saw this change, who now work with teams that try to block players from playing in these summer leagues. See, see Jacoby, when I first got into the league, yep. These leagues weren't, in theory, quote-unquote, sanctioned. So, therefore, if something happened to a player, the team could revoke their contract. That's why many players stopped playing in the Drew League, stopped playing at St. Cecilia in Detroit, stopped playing at Rucker Park in New York City. And the list goes on and on around the country. Because for the player, it was like, I can play the game that I love and give back to the fans and the atmospheres of people that will never truly get a chance to see me play. But the flip side is, if I get injured, then the team could, in theory, not pay me. And what ended up happening, Jacoby, is the players stopped doing it. And as we graduated further into realizing that you hope that they're playing somewhere anyway. So this is the this is the like fork in the road. It's like there's gonna be people within the league too. By the way, they'd be like, "Oh, that's why I don't like our players playing that summer league type of thing." But think about this: Who was he guarding again? LeBron James. Like, there's no better workout that he could have been getting in any Good gym point. with a coach or with a trainer that will match that crowd, that atmosphere. And the physical opportunity to be on the court with one of the greatest players of all time in LeBron James. So I hate this for Chet, and I hope this doesn't truly affect all of the players that we've seen playing summer leagues this year going forward, understanding, with me understanding that agents, managers, and teams are now going to continue to frown upon players competing in summer leagues like this. You make a great point because we've seen Jason Tatum, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James in the Drew League, LeBron James at the crossover. We've seen DeJounte Murray. We've seen so many players this summer playing these pro-ams. But there's two things happening here. Number one, we all want our professional basketball players to add to their game during the offseason, but you can't do that and then simultaneously discourage them from playing basketball during the offseason. Like, which one do you want? Well, it's, it, 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 it's the chicken or the egg, right? In theory, yes, you want your player working on their game. But as a team, 
they're going to be extremely possessive of that player and they're going to want it to be in situations where they deem sanctioned. And so if you look at that injury, that was a freak play. Yep. Now, had that been something different where he was interacting with a player that hasn't been in the league, won't be in the league, and he was going up for a dunk, and then somebody fouls him and hits the ground, and he gets hurt that way, then people look at it like, quote-unquote, that's his fault for putting himself in that situation. But getting injured the way he did, guarding who he was guarding, playing on the stage he was playing, I don't think there's going to be lingering effect from the team, but I promise you, going forward, there will be managers, agents, and teams. Think about it. We live in an era already of low management, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- most players in today's league have probably never truly played basketball outside. Just think about that for a second. On the cement, on the concrete, have not truly played basketball outside. So the graduation of um, protecting the athlete's health and thinking about their long-term future has become a focus because these players are now making astronomical dollars. And so they are not necessarily charged in theory with growing the game, growing the salaries. They stand on the shoulders of giants who've already done that. But here's another thing I want to say basketball-wise. OKC has been a champion for tanking the last couple of years. Yep. They've been one of the best farm systems that the NBA has seen. If you look around, they have all-star players all around the league. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Paul George. I could go on and on and on. Before a team that that's their mission and they have a stockpile of first-round picks, hey, Jacoby. You know they're going to be going after our guy, Victor, now. <laughs> Say his last name. Say it once. Say his last name once. Emanuel. <laughs> <laughs> Wimbenyama. I'm going Wimbenyama. 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 I'm going to get it right, my brother. I'm gonna re- I definitely respect your name and respect your game. And so, Victor Wimbenyama, the terrific prospect that's going to be available next year, Now OKC goes into a pool with, like, the Utah Jazz who just jumped in and all doing all they can to be in position to draft him. So now imagine if we look up this time next year with Chet being out. You already know OKC about to have probably the worst record in the league now. You know Oh, yeah. Without Chet, it's almost a guarantee. Right. What I saw from Giddy and Chet in the summer league had me tantalized, had me excited to go on league pass and watch them lose by 20 night after night after night. However, without Chet, it's going to be the same. You know what, fam? I just not thought about something. Because I like the young players that they're putting together slowly but surely. And we both love Shea Gilders Alexander. A light bulb just came in my mind. Shea is, I believe, in second or third year of a $200 million deal. This is going to be another tank season. So I'm going to be watching his games played, minutes played, and you ready for it? What else I'm going to be watching? If he becomes available for trades now. Yep. 
because his his development and his like window is not in line with the rest of the young stars that they're trying to develop. So I would not be surprised if they ended up making Shea Gilgis Alexander available. But Jalen, I've I've uh, I've some breaking news they're giving me right now. The Utah Jazz have traded a guard to a major market. Did they do it's it? Not, it? It's not Donovan. Did they do it? It's it's not Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Oh, it's okay. Pat Beverly to the Lakers for THT. Why do you think the Lakers wanted Pat Beverly instead of a scorer like THT? You just said the difference. THT is a scorer. Pat Bev is a defender. And as LeBron's gotten older, like most older players, he's not going to be trying to get into a stance guarding four or five positions on a nightly basis. That just can't be his role. Anthony Davis is going to be in and out of the lineup. He's proven that throughout his career, but he's a terrific defender when he's in the game. A rebounder, a shot blocker, can guard players on the perimeter. And so you bring in a veteran stabilizer that's going to compete defensively. Now, I'm pretty sure when he lands in L.A., you might as well put his locker next to Russ because I'm pretty sure they need to have a couple conversations. They do need they, – they have some history for those that don't know. Yeah. There's, there's some so, history there. So so I would just put their lockers next to each other so that they can go ahead and iron out what they need to iron out as professionals, as men, because they haven't saw eye to eye in basketball terms for a few years. But this is an upgrade for the Lakers. But here's what I'll also say. Man, this shows how they shouldn't have let Caruso go. Yep. Because they chose THT over him. And that was a bad choice. And so now you're still reaching, trying to fill that spot. And now you end up with Pat Bell in return. They turned Stanley Johnson, who was out of the league, into an asset. But again, it also continues to further what I just said about OKC. Is that the Utah Jazz are trying to be as bad as possible. For Victor Wiminyara. Just, just call him Victor, Jalen. Victor Wiminyama. There you got go. Got you, big fella. There you go. Wiminyama, I got you. All I, I know I, about Pat Bev you, is I was in this studio doing television with him, and then two hours later I saw a video of him playing basketball in jeans on West 4th Street in a pickup game. That that, that means I'm going to love him <laughs> you forever. You love that. Hall of I'm going to love him forever. And he is what many would consider to be a role player Another role player, Draymond Green, spoke about exactly that to some other basketball players. Let's listen to Draymond Green educate some young basketball players. I started talking to you. You started getting the ball. You want to take jump shots and never crash the offensive board again. You're not going to make it shooting jump shots. You're going to make it by hustling and getting offensive rebounds, getting stops. You know what I'm saying? We can talk IQ all we want, but at the end of the day, Mother gotta play a role in the NBA. Yes. It's two on my team that can do what the they wanna do. And 13 other motherfuckers that gotta play a role. <laughs> that can do what the they wanna do. Everybody else got a role. So you're gonna either master your role or you're gonna get the out. And it's just that simple. Jalen, you are a veteran in the NBA. What exactly is Draymond trying to explain to these young men? And Draymond's played for some of the all-time great coaches while he was in high school at Saginaw in Michigan and also in college with Tom Izzo and now in the league with Steve Kerr and also Mark Jackson, who helped nurture him as a young player, who, by the way, deserves a head coaching job. 
What he's saying to young people, in particular basketball players, is, is absolutely true. There are more people who are designed to play a role than to star. And he was talking about his personal situation in theory without doing so. Because the two people he was talking about were the Splash Brothers. Can do whatever they want to do. The other 13 of us have to play a role. That's what made the Warriors a super team when they got KD. Because that was three players instead of two that could do what they want to do. But here's what ends up happening. During the Vanguard generation, leader of the new school, Steph Curry, when young players come into the gym, they're going to do two things. Dribble the ball and shoot from as far as possible. That's the first thing people are doing. Dribbling the ball, trying to get the ooh and ah, and trying to shoot from as far as possible. But that's only a small percentage of the game. It's extremely important parts of the game. As a matter of fact, you ready for this? I believe ball handling and shooting are the two most important skills in basketball. Hmm. The game is so hard when you can't shoot. So hard. So what he's teaching them is that ain't going to be your role unless you get picked high, unless you become an all-star, unless you become all-NBA. Even if you can shoot, let me tell you something. When I'm coming off a baseline screen and Reggie Miller coming off a baseline screen and Mark Jackson got the ball, he's thinking he's going to make this shot 65% of the time. He's going to make this shot 50% of the time. So therefore, it ain't that I can't shoot. It's that he's just playing the percentages. That's all it is. And when you play with other players, I don't have to tell you this. How many times, Jacoby, reg ball, uh, as a fan, WNBA, I don't care where you at watching the game. There's going to be a pecking order in who shoot the ball. Yep. In particular, when the game gets close late. Of course. You run plays for certain players at the end of the game for a reason. And the person with the ball will look you off, as they have done to me many times, because they know that I can't shoot. And they will do the same to you if your teammate is Reggie Miller in your example. And I think that Draymond Green is also pointing out how important it is to get stops, get rebounds, crash the offensive board. Those are the winning plays that he makes that have helped make this Warriors team the dynastic entity Four-time that it champion. is in the NBA. Jalen, we have a soft mover boss move that features one of your favorite people in the whole entire world. Sylvester Stallone. We'll My tell God. you what that is right after this. Can't wait to see him in Wanda. Coming to you live from the Seaport, New York City, brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby, Jalen Anthony Rose, Bill Barnwell, who we know from Grantland, one of the best NFL writers on the planet, our colleague. He put out an article about teams that he believes will improve upon their record from last year. Jalen Rose, you want to know one of the teams that's on that list? You want to know one of the teams that's on that list? Let's go! The D. Detroit Lions are on that list. I'm in love with the Lions because I love hard knocks. 
Jalen, <laughs> how many games do you have the Lions, who won three games out of 17 last year, how many games are they winning this year? I'm going to be real this time because we're getting closer to the season. And, you know, I like to laugh and joke a lot. And the beautiful thing about working in this industry is that we get to be grown-up kids and fans at heart. Yep. And, you know, I'm a diehard of the Lions, been riding a die for the team since I was born. And I'll say this year, 17 games, 10 and 7. 10 and 7 for the Detroit Lions. Seven. Yeah, 10 and Well, seven. that might win them the division because you never know what's going to happen with the Packers, the Vikings, and the Bears. However, the most intriguing division, in my opinion, is the AFC West who will field at least two playoff teams, maybe even three. And when you look at the potential win totals that are estimated for these teams in this division, I want to get your analysis of that. Of course, this division has the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. So, Jalen, I could see three of those teams winning the division. Sorry, Broncos. How do you see the AFC West shaking out? Well, for the Raiders, you add Devontae Adams. They were already um, stacked, in theory, at a couple other skill positions. I think they're going to catapult themselves. They were in the playoffs last year already. Derek Carr is going to have a big year. Patrick Mahomes is going to spread the football around. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be an underrated pickup for the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they lost to Cheetah. Everybody's going to talk about the Chargers offense, and rightfully so. I love Keenan Allen. Like, I try to draft him in fantasy every year, and Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. But their defense is what I want to talk about. The physicality of their defense, re-signing Derwin James this offseason. Hopefully he can stay healthy. If I had to pick a team today, I'm going to pick the Chargers. Really? Yes, I'm going to pick the Chargers. You think the Chargers will have a better record than the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the season? I believe so, fam. And wow. it's, it's because it's because of that defense. They, anytime you got a Bosa on the defensive line, that's a problem, right? He he, he getting up the field, he causing havoc for them. It, for them, it's just about staying healthy. For the Chargers, and they're not in this division. But the Ravens also, to me, both of those teams, they're dying. If they can stay healthy this year, they they can truly be contenders. But to actually answer your question, yes, I'll take the Chargers to win the division. Wow, I disagree. I have the Chiefs. Jalen, it is time for Soft Move or Boss Move. Jalen, I know you love Sylvester Stallone. All right, Sylvester Stallone is the subject of today's soft move or boss move. He was married to a woman, and he got a tattoo of that woman, as you see on the left, on his right shoulder. However, the two of them are no longer together. So instead of his ex-wife being on his arm, he had it altered to be his dog. (laughs) Soft move or boss move, altering a tattoo of your ex-wife into a tattoo of your dog. It's a boss move. You remember when I confused Sylvester Stallone with Nicolas Cage? We got to bring back that interstitial. That was classic. Um, They're not together anymore, so he got to move on. He's with his dog. He loves his dog. 
Got a new movie coming out called Samaritan with our guy Javon Wana Walton in it. Make sure y'all go support that. He's in his 70s. Let him live his best life. Great hair, by the way. Great hair. It, it also seems like when you look at those side-by-side pictures, the hair color is also altered, not just the tattoo. <laughs> when, when you see those side-by-side, there's a dramatic difference in not only the tattoo, but also the color of Sylvester Stallone's hair. I will also call it a boss move, but however, I'm never getting a tattoo, and if I were to get a tattoo, it would not be a portrait of anyone in my life. When we come back, we have much more to discuss. You are watching Jalen Jacoby. Doubleheader on Sunday on ESPN and ESPN2. The WNBA playoffs are in full swing. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, what do we do every single day? Acknowledge. We have a show. The fact that Brittany Griner has been wrongly detained one day is too long. 189 days is astronomically too long. So we here at Jalen and Jacoby wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. As we get closer to the start of the NBA and NFL seasons, we keep adding people to the list who are in the best shape of their lives. The latest is the <laughs> Bengals' Jesse Bates. He said, quote, I'm in the best shape of my life. I think this is an opportunity for me to prove not to the Bengals, but to the whole league, whether it's here, which I would love it to be, or somewhere else, I'm going to show who Jesse Bates is on and off the field. Jenna, look at this list of players <laughs> in the best shape of their life. <laughs> Dak Prescott better be. His weapons are depleted, and they have some injuries on the offensive line. Anthony Davis going to need to stay in the lineup for the Lakers, and it's great to see Luka's name on there, who's going to be fighting for the MVP. He's my preseason choice. Two people not on that list, Jalen and Jacoby. Two people who will be back tomorrow, ESPN 2 at 4 o'clock. Thank you. Jalen and Jacoby. You are far too kind. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast-exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Rose, there's a scientific study that was done with some very counterintuitive results. This study says it is more likely for a female to cheat in a male-female relationship than a male. I have no idea how they conducted this study, but those are the results. Your thoughts. So one of the biggest misnomers since the beginning of time as it relates to relationships is that it's acknowledged and discussed and it's highlighted, it's highlighted when men have infidelity. And the reason why, one of the reasons why is that uh, men tend to to be more sloppy with it than the women. Mm. So, so it's not that the women are cheating less, it's they're just better at it. Correct. It's almost like in society, you call a dog man's best friend. But in a cheating connotation, men have described if women cheat kind of like a cat, like moving strategically and understanding, you know, where they got to always be and make sure that they button themselves up, dot their I's and cross their T's. And so 
We keep it moving. We keep it moving. <laughs> we got we got the director and the producer in our ears telling us that this is reckless, this is dangerous, and that we need to move on. This is why we do the podcast exclusive content. This is it right here. And I, one thing I will say that in in most situations involving infidelity, there are usually a couple of parties that know that they're being involved in a situation of infidelity, if you understand what I'm saying. So regardless whether a man or a woman cheats in a relationship, there is usually a willing partner that is either a man or a woman that is not in the relationship that knows that the person that they are getting involved with is in a relationship. I'm glad you went there. And your upbringing clearly shapes a lot of the decisions you make as you navigate life. And one of the things... I got exposed to extremely early in my life. If he or she says that they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, leave him alone. Mm. If she or he says they got a boyfriend or girlfriend, leave him alone. Soon as you continue to pursue it, now all of a sudden you putting in your you you potentially putting yourself in jeopardy of. What happens if and when y'all get caught? Because if they're telling you, they're they're not lying to you. Hey, how you doing? Very nice to meet you. What's your name? The second thing people always ask you is what do you do? I.e. how much money do you make? That's really just a status question. I they hate don't that care question. what you do. I hate it when someone says, what do you do early on in the relationship? You know what yeah, I mean? It's they like, know so how we've been talking for make. 10 seconds, and now you want to know what I do for a living. Yeah. What's your name, and what do you do? And then the next thing, you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend? You seeing somebody? You in a relationship? And dudes, in particular, use this the dumbest line of all time. Yeah, I got a boyfriend. Oh, he let you come outside like that? You looking so beautiful. Like... Like, dog, not letting her come outside, dog. What do you mean? That's the dumbest line I've heard. And so for me, I'm glad that you went with this topic and you acknowledged that. I ain't surprised. Jalen, Tyreek Hill was asked if there was anyone in the world of sports that he could fight. And his answer will surprise you. He said Jalen Ramsey. Why would he do that? That's basically within football. That's basically him acknowledging that I'm an elite receiver. He's the elite 99 on Madden cornerback. And so what do you expect him to say? A backup that play for Jacksonville? You know what I mean? It's like that's that's what he should say. I thought you was going to say something like Andy Reid. Ooh, I like that. I thought you was going to go there. Let me tell you the ultimate boss move of the offseason. What's that? That nobody's talking about. The ultimate boss move of the offseason? For everybody that's ever been in a contract, listen close. Devontae Adams signs a deal for average of $27 million. Immediately, the player under contract with the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, and his agent smartly scours the league and tries to find who will pay our client that. Not the when Chiefs. When Miami emerges as that team, they call the Chiefs and say, thank you, but we're trying to get to Miami because they're trying to pay us top dollar. 
I know we negotiating something and the numbers that we talking about ain't gonna get me to where Miami's gotten me. So therefore, while I'm under contract, I need to get moved to Miami. Boss move. Got like paid that. top dollar his hometown, no state income taxes. Boss move. I've always wondered about this with Jimmy Garoppolo, why he hasn't been traded, and also the the part where the San Francisco 49ers said, you go out and get you yourself a deal. They, they basically <laughs> told him to shop himself on the market. How does that work, Mr. Rose? Here's how it works. We don't need you, we don't want you, but we don't really want to cut you. And we've already tried to get deals for you, and we've been unsuccessful. So since you and your agent are really frustrated with this process that you led us to the Super Bowl, you've won some games, we still drafted Trey, we still gave Trey your job, I mean, if you could find a better deal, go ahead. We tried. So that's really what that is. What ultimately ends up happening, Jacoby, as rosters get finalized and injuries start to happen, it becomes more clear a landing spot for Jimmy G. Yeah, I I really feel that that him and his team are just in waiting for an injury to happen. And then someone's going to need a starting quarterback and he's going to step up. Well, well, let me just throw a name out there. A name? Lamar Jackson. So to me, when Kevin Durant says he wants to get traded, you can't do no major deals. You got to be in play for KD. So same thing right now for a quarterback. If you're Seattle, for example, and you just paid um, a Metcalf top dollar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you go with the quarterback that you have now, Gino not Smith. the future, Gino you know, stopgap? Do you bring in a Jimmy G that you feel like has a ceiling, or do you wait and then you see what happens with Lamar? What would you do? I cannot imagine a world in which Lamar Jackson does not play for the Baltimore Ravens next season. Like, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine that the asking price is so high that the Baltimore Ravens say, you know what? We'll try our chances in the draft. Franchise. We'll we'll try our chances with another quarterback. Like, they would never, ever do that. I see Lamar Jackson on the Ravens, whether it's under a franchise tag or under a new deal, which I hope it will be with the Ravens next season. I can't imagine. I can't imagine him switching teams. You never know. They built the entire franchise around him, in particular offensively. He's up currently for a contract, and they're not signing him. So, again, signing a deal is a two-way street. Just because they now decide, oh, we want to pay you, he might decide, I don't want to be here. Because when I was trying to get paid, and Kyler got taken care of, and Deshaun Watson, who didn't even play for the team, who had cases against him, got taken care of. And I've been here since day one, and y'all can't take care of me. Like, that probably personally affects the relationship. We'll see how it plays out. So something's about to affect my relationship that I need your help with, Uncle Jalen. You know, okay. a lot of people call 985-80-JALEN, call for advice. Right now, call 985-80-JALEN. You can leave us a voicemail, all voicemail, tomorrow, pot exclusive. So the first day of the NFL schedule that Sunday full slate of games full slate your Lions will be taking on the Eagles there's like like nine games at one there's gonna be like five games at four it is also my anniversary oh 
How do I handle this? Celebrate before and after. Not that day. She understands Saturday? you work in sports. I hope Make so. Sunday. I'm going to tell you what to do. Sunday morning brunch. Even though it's you guys' anniversary, you make the weekend about y'all. You take her to breakfast and break bread brunch Sunday morning, and then you make the afternoon and evening about her. Get her a spa day. Get her a massage, a facial. Like, Man, I got to take that. care of the kids. Oh, no. And find somebody else to help you with the kids. All right. That'll be you, Jim. <laughs> Appreciate the advice. If you want, you can get advice from Uncle Jalen. Call 985-80-Jalen and leave us a voicemail. We're doing all voicemail pod exclusive tomorrow. Yes. And we will be back tomorrow. Why is that Jalen Anthony We're Rose? Not done. We're not done. We are not done. <laughs>